Hey guys, it's your girl Rajat Speaks with Narrative Shifts, where we redefine and we reframe the narratives that go out about us. So this week, we are wrapping up our five-part series on Black men and mental health with our fifth episode. Can you believe that? I'm super excited about that. Um, we have Brandon Robinson from Detroit, and so he's going to share a little bit about his experience today. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Really excited about having you and just diving into some of the things that you are going to share today from your heart. How are you? You know, I'm doing well. Thank you, first of all, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, it's an honor and a privilege. I'm looking forward to having a discussion with you and, you know, your listeners and really diving into mental health and all of the things around that. Awesome. Good. Thank you. Um, can tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, obviously, I said you're from Detroit. That's all we know is your name and that you're from <laughs> Detroit. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Um, yes. In your life. Wow. So what I do is a loaded question. So okay. um, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll simplify as much as possible. So I am an author. I'm a poet. Um, also work in technology. Um, so multiple gifts. But yeah, I, I like to say that I'm an author and I'm a poet and I'm an advocate of um, mental health and emotional healing. Right. So um, I use uh, the power of the pen to tear down emotional walls. So I use the power of my writing to help people um, embrace, reflect, heal, uh, encourage, uplift, and build. So uh, I have a, a book called um, When Words on Form, My Pen Speaks, okay. using the power to pen to tear down uh, emotional walls. And I use the, poet, the poetry that's in that book. Uh, it's really helpful to help people really tear down emotional walls and heal. So... I love this concept. First of all, thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, it's, it's not often sometimes that we hear a lot of men talk about emotional health, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Spiritual, mental health, that we're just not hearing that a lot. And so I guess what kind of got you sort of in that vein, you know, like for you to be, because it's one thing to experience something. It's another thing to experience something and then be an advocate for it um, kind of on a light level. And then there's another whole dimension to someone who is truly advocating for a cause. And so you're writing a book and you're kind of pouring into it. What, what got you there? You know, so it was a long journey. You know, I started off writing, honestly, you know, as really a therapeutic expression for myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the first part of the title was really me. Right. When I talk about when words wouldn't form, my pen speaks, mm -hmm. that was really me. Right. Um, that was really me. Um, and where I was at the time, right? You know, an uh, interesting place in my life in 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. um, was going through some life transitions. And what happened was it's like God introduced a journal and I would write and then it would flow. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I could put some rhymes together, right? At first, I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. But then I started to write about my experiences, my life, how I was feeling, you know, about things I was facing. And it was a release for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that graduated into me sharing my uh, poetry. And as I shared my poetry, um, you know, I got feedback. People were saying, oh, this is really great. Uh, ballooned on to me just realizing that God gave me a gift in it. Um, and as, as I shared it with multiple people throughout the years, there was a recurring theme that you should have a book because mm -hmm. this is really helpful to people. And I'm like, I didn't want any part of it at first. And yeah. then, but over time, I, as any artist, um, you become a lot, uh, you become comfortable in your abilities and your skin. Mm -hmm. So then you become comfortable with being vulnerable before the world. But that's a process, right? You don't, you don't start off being 
you know, as open to being critiqued and, you know, constructively to, to the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's kind of what got me on that path. So I'm hearing you say that, um, you know, writing was that release for you. And so that started pretty young, I'm guessing, right? I can't remember if you said that. About what age? I mean, you said... So the first time I touched a pen and wrote something was I was 21. So you were 21. How old are you now? Can we ask you that? Um, I'm 39. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. We tend to do that on this show. I, didn't, I don't think I gave you that that precursor. That's so. fine. I'm happy to be 39. So. <laughs> okay. So, so at 21... Yeah, so I started at 21. The first time I actually wrote something was at 21. Um, after 21, I started to, um, I, I so I really picked it up again, you know, in 2013 is when it really just unleashed and just full-fledged, right? Like, I was writing, like, daily, like, you know, and it was just inspired by so much. It was just like, like a damn burst, and it's like a flood of words, a flood of poems, a flood of that, and so... That's how 2013 and 2014 was for me. Was a, a, a big expression of that. When you were younger, how did you release whatever was going on with you? So, you know, what I'm hearing. I was talking about what were we going? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what age are we talking about here? <laughs> so I'm my bad. So <laughs> obviously you're 21, you're writing. And that's right. the that you're, you're like, okay, I got to get this out. And it's right. therapeutic. And it wasn't necessarily a therapist, but a type of oh, yeah. therapist. And so this is why I wanted to bring you in here to kind of bring that dynamic, because we've talked about some hindrances on the show in terms of, you know, maybe financial or some people don't have the time or, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes they just can't get into see a therapist or maybe they still don't want to. Maybe there's still quite the stigma within um, yeah. some Maybe they're not marrying it with their faith and they don't know what that construct looks like. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, what what's what's interesting and, and what I'm hearing is that, OK, you're 21 years old at that time. You're getting all of this out. So I want to know when you were younger and maybe there was opposition or there was some trauma or there was just just everyday life is hitting you. How are you? What type of outlets did you have when you were young? We're talking about before 21 or before way before. So like, I just want to know what childhood looks like in terms of the outlets. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't have any mm, Okay. football. Football was my outlet. Football was your outlet. Okay. Yeah. And, I, I hit people. <laughs> and, did you, and did you enjoy that? <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I hit people and I mean, honestly, you know, I fought, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Back in those days, yeah. Like actual fighting, not just like fighting with um Yeah, yeah, actually. Okay, you know, I'm just I'm just checking it out. Guys, we have no, Shanta yeah. joined us as how well. Hey Shanta. Hey, how you doing? Doing well, good to see you. Glad like, you made it. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to um, bring in a poet this week um, so we can kind of talk about the artsy aspect um, and the writing aspect of mental health and its therapy as well. So just uh, wanted Brandon to, to shed light on that. It's not your your typical in an office type of setting where you're, you know, listening to a, a PsyD or a clinician who is you know, <laughs> speaking to you or you're giving feedback back. Um, but just more from the art side of things, I definitely wanted to to bring that in, especially with my own love for art and wanted you to drop in because of your love for art as well. So, yes, thank you. You're welcome. But you say that and, you know, I have to, you know, I love to push back 
respect gently. What is already? You <laughs> came in and I'm pushing. Oh my goodness. This is true. Go ahead. Go. But so journaling, writing poetry, writing stories, that's all a form of narrative therapy, mm-hmm. which is a genre of therapy in and of its own where we use your words and your stories to help you heal. So it's a very cathartic process, which is why we encourage, you know, as a coping skill to to keep a journal or to write down your thoughts and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's a very well-respected thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I partake myself. So, hey. That's awesome. I didn't, so I honestly didn't know that it was called narrative therapy. Like I just wrote that down. I had no idea. I mean, it makes sense, obviously, <laughs> but I had no idea that it was narrative therapy. Um, so that's good. Thank you for that. Love these nuggets. Shanta's always good for the nuggets dropping in. Um, yeah, of course. So, so Brandon, um, so you said you were, you know, fighting kind of back then, and that was kind of what you know, yeah, were. Yeah. Um, and, and football. Okay. Was that the only sport you played? Was it just football? Just football. Yeah. Okay. So as contact as it comes, <laughs> that's kind of what you felt like you needed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I have a couple of notes here. That's why I keep looking down. So let's talk about the writing a bit more. Um, and so again, you were 21, you were writing. I would like to know if you were writing other things at that time too. Like, was this just something that just opened up like, oh, I should write? Yeah. Or did someone say, hey, you should write your feelings out? Like, how did you get to that point? So I didn't really start. So I, I wrote my four, first poem at 21, but I only wrote like one or two. Mm, okay. So I didn't really start writing, writing in 2013. Got you. Yeah. So when I started to write and when I started to, you know, do um, writing uh, around that time, no one said like, hey, you should try this. Like, it was just a thought that I had. Like, let me grab mm. this and... Let me kind of write out how I was feeling. So I would really say, like, God led me to it. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't even, I can't even say it was just like a particular moment where I felt like, go grab the notebook and piece of paper. I just kind of grabbed it and it kind of flowed. Like, it just kind of happened. That's cool. Um, in terms of the emotional healing aspect that uh, so many of us, and particularly, you know, right now, we've been addressing Black men. Um, I mean, walk us through when you were having maybe a rough day or something's come up or something's kind of blindsided you, what does this look like for you? Like, do you immediately get the pen? Like, are you immediately diving in? Are you, I know for me, sometimes it's like immediately let me get a quick prayer in and then I might start sketching something or music or whatever the outlet is going to be. Like I go into it and I go full zone. What, what does that look like for you um, in terms of it being that sort of safe space, that healing space when you're writing? So it all depends on the type of an event that I'm experiencing, right? Like, so I'll, so let me detail one of the ones, uh, one of the events that I had that I, you know, um, that I wrote on. So, the first time I ever saw a police video, probably, I can't remember if it was 2014 or 2015, but we can say it was around 2015. So 2015 would probably be the first time that I saw an actual complete video of a police officer killing a black man, mm-hmm. right? So that's very traumatic and traumatizing because that was like the first time I actually saw someone actually lose their life, like on video. And like, I don't think anything prepares you for that. Um, and so I remember laying in the bed, just sitting there, just looking at the ceiling and I couldn't sleep. Like I was, 
upset. I was frustrated. I was all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I grabbed, um, sorry, let me switch this, the angle of the camera a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grabbed, I grabbed my pen to really write out how I felt because it was really, um, it was really traumatic and traumatizing. And so that really helped me, mm-hmm. um, you know, it helped me voice what I was feeling because I couldn't really, you know, it was so much that I couldn't even put it all into words. And so that really helped me, uh, like, work through that. Got you. Thank you for that. Um, would you, do you find that you've developed a discipline of writing daily? Is that something that you do or every couple of days? Or are you kind of just as you're inspired or you feel the need to release something that you, that you write? Yeah, I think that, um, I don't think I, I write daily. Um, I don't think that I have that, that form of a discipline, but I think that I write more so around inspiration. Like for me, it's just something that I really enjoy doing. So I do it quite often. Okay. Um, unless my schedule is really packed. Um, and then I can't really, and then I can't really write as much. Got you. Thank you. If you hear background noise, I'm sorry. I it's live in the real world, so. It's <laughs> fine. We're in the real world. It's all good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Shanta, can you speak to that in terms of, um, you know, the differences or what you experience um, as a clinician with regard to us writing things out daily or as we're inspired? What types of, um, I guess, techniques or what would you recommend in terms of a uh, daily type of thing, if that is necessary for some people? So when we're writing to release something, right, it could be when you are triggered, as you said, when you experience something, you dive right in, you just start the music, start the writing, start the sketching, whatever. Um, As Brandon pointed out, we're not necessarily always able to capture those feelings in that moment. Mm -hmm. So I do encourage, you know, people to keep a notebook nearby. I keep a voice recorder because I may not, I might be driving, mm-hmm. uh, but it's voice activated. I can start speaking into it. It'll capture those thoughts. Because sometimes you'll have those feelings and they're gone, but something is in you and it's like, what is this? And it was that thing that was trying to come out. So we don't want to just keep it bottled in. We want to try mm-hmm. and make sure that we are able to process it as soon as possible. So keeping the notebook, keeping the recorder, those types of things. You can use the recorder on your phone if you'd like. It's not necessarily a disciplined exercise. It is an exercise of release. So when the trigger is pulled, that emotion bubbles up, get it out. Because tamping it back down is what was causing part of the issue in the first place. So let it out as soon as you can. I love that. Um, I wrote a couple of things down here. And so one of the things was that we need to process as soon as possible. Can we, can you talk about that for a moment? Um, I believe and know that there are plenty of people who go through something or we go through something compounded because we're mm-hmm. used to. So we just talk even culturally, the things that stack on us from day to day, right? We deal with these things and sometimes we just have developed the practice of let me just keep it pushing. Let me just push through this. I'm good. I can deal with it later. Can we talk about what the process looks like? You know, when you say process as soon as possible, what does that look like in a practical sense? See, that's the thing. In a practical sense, as soon as possible varies from person to person. Mm-hmm. So I may be the person who is like, oh my God, 
I just saw this. I need to talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. Or I could be the person that's like, I need a minute. Mm -hmm. As soon as possible for you. That's not holding it in. That's processing in your own time. That's meeting someone where they are. So instead of pushing someone to say, I know you just experienced this thing. Let's talk about it. Say, hey, I know this thing just happened. When you're ready, Mm -hmm. I'm here to listen. That's good. So So, so pushing our own timeframes on others or, you know, even as a parent, right? I'm a parent. I have children and, and they have lives. They don't process the things the same way that I do. So what I say is help is available when you are ready for it, if you feel like you need it. So that is good. And what I'm hearing is it's coming from sort of the role of friend or therapist or someone who is aiding someone else or who can be that person. Mm -hmm. How do we develop the self-awareness the self-awareness of not suppressing things or pushing things down or just pushing through something um, as a practical step, just for our our listeners who might not have certain uh, abilities to get, you know, to therapy and get this kind of advice right here. So we've talked about working out as relates to therapy. Mm -hmm. And this is yet another muscle that needs to be built. That expressive communication that saying something is wrong, something is bothering, something is on my mind, mm-hmm. Not a, you know, but it has to be built over time. A person has to be comfortable saying that. Gotcha. So that comes with practice because everyone didn't grow up in a place where it was okay to say, I'm hurting, I feel this. So you have to develop that over time and having trusted relationships so self-care so mm-hmm. part of self-care is you know prioritizing yourself and your feelings getting to know yourself so you have to know yourself first developing that emotional vocabulary to say I'm angry I'm frustrated I'm scared mm-hmm. you know whatever it is or I'm happy I'm overjoyed I'm overwhelmed I'm excited the vocabulary is necessary. So it all goes back to that foundation of communication. Okay. So um, endeavoring to create spaces where we are giving children or young people the words, the vocabulary, so that they are able to express themselves Mm -hmm. in a way that they feel safe. That will help to build that muscle. Okay. Thank you for that. Looks like Brandon. He, I had to switch spots. Sorry. He had a superhero <laughs> ministry just rolling out from one spot and showing up. Yeah, I had to switch spots. <laughs> it's all good. My um, battery died. Oh, got you. Okay, no worries. So thank you, Shanta, for that. She was um, giving us some insight in, ter- in terms yeah, of. Yeah, I was able to hear. I just okay. was, uh, I just had to turn it off really quick. So if people saw a quick disappearing act, you <laughs> will charge your laptop up. Gotcha. And we're back. It's all good. Yep. Um, so, okay, Brandon, talk to, tell us a little bit more about um, just what you've put together in terms of the book that you've written, uh, what inspired more of maybe some of the pieces in the book. And if you want to share a couple, that would be great. Oh man. You put me on the spot, huh? Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. So 
Um, the book, like I said, the book that I've written is um, called When Words, One Form, My Pen Speaks, Using the Power to Pen to Tear Down Emotional Walls. So the whole theme of the book is really in it's wordsoneform.com. You can actually see it too. Um, you can see um, the pre-order aspect of it. Book should be out in a few weeks. Um, but um, the whole the whole aspect of or the theme of the book is around emotional healing, right? So the goal of the book is to help people tear down walls, right? Because usually when we go through things that are difficult in life, we put up walls. Mm-hmm. So we have to deconstruct those walls in order to heal um, the things that are behind those walls. And after we heal, then we can embrace the amazing person that God made us to be, right? Um, so that's really the construct of the book, right? So if you think about the pieces that are in there, you've got trust issues, right? So then we got walls of mistrust down, right? Mm-hmm. Insecurity walls, you got fear walls. You have all these different kind of, you got racial type of walls. Um, you've got all these different type of walls that you have um, uh, that you have available, not available, but that you have up and that need to be torn down, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really, really the goal of the book is to tear down these particular walls in order for people to heal. And the poetry around that is around helping people do some reflective thinking, right? Some introspective, reflective thinking, stuff that I've done too. Um, it, it helps you uh, with that. Does it read like a journal? Is that, I'm just trying to get my mind wrapped around it. I know I've pre-ordered, I'm excited to get my book. Yeah, so it, it, so it reads, it, there's a flow to it. So the first um, thing is how I see myself, right? Wall, that's the first, the most important wall mm-hmm. is how I see me, right? Mm-hmm. Can't heal anything until I fix how I see me. We can't work on trust, can't work on fear, can't work on insecurity until we focus on how do I see me? Like, how do I embrace me? How am I looking at myself? Do I love myself, mm-hmm. right? Do I see myself as valuable? Do I see myself as worthy? Do I see myself as worthwhile? If I don't see any of those things, Relationships with people are direct reflection of our relationship with ourselves. So if we don't have a good relationship with ourselves, we can't have a good relationship with people. So the first thing that we tackle is is really just focusing on me. Like, mm-hmm. how do I see me? Um, do I love you know things that encourage self love, um, things that encourage healing, self esteem, self worth, discovering self rejection, right? Self sabotage is is one mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite ones because that's the reason it took me so long to write the book is because I was self-sabotaging myself, mm-hmm. right? And really just getting to the root of a lot of those things, it helps you think like, well, why do I self-sabotage? Generally, it's tied to an esteem issue, right? Like, it's about how am I viewing myself? Am I looking mm-hmm. at myself as as being, you know, worthwhile of this good thing? You know, there's so many things we struggle with and that, you know, but it all it all goes into how I see me, how I see me, what do I do? If that isn't right, no, uh, no other area is right. Mm. That's really insightful. Thank you. Um, so to that point, as I wrote down, yeah. sabotage, um, if, you know, look, it's about vulnerability here. What, what were you, how were you self-sabotaging? What did you do that was self-sabotaging you? And then how did you overcome that? Yeah. So, you know, I was, how did I, so really I wouldn't allow myself to write the book, right? I always had self-sabotage can really display itself in a, 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 a different, a, a really different flavors, right? So it can be perfectionism. Mm. It can be always, you know, meticulously, you know, um, building, right? Like I'm always in a consistent planning. You no, know, I just want to mm. have everything in order, 
where really that's you're sabotaging yourself because you're complete you're putting hurdle after hurdle you know so you won't actually allow yourself to complete a project right so you got that like so for me that's what it looked it looked like a bunch of like oh i need to have this in order or i need to do this or i don't really think that i'm qualified to do this right so that's what self-sabotage looked like for me mm. like when i think about it like as far as the book now it looks so different depending on the situation for everybody um that was it for me now the root of it is always an esteem issue right it's always it's always a do i deserve this am i good enough to have this mm. right? if, if we're honest like you know because if we think we're good enough to have it we wouldn't that we wouldn't self-sabotage ourselves we mm. let ourselves have it okay and so that's how i overcame it is by saying first is by realizing i had a problem i remember scrolling through memes like like you know, people think memes don't really matter. So I saw one and it says something about self-sabotage. Mm. It punched me in the chest. And I'm like, oh my God, like who posted this? And I'm like, and I couldn't shake it. And I'm like, okay, this is God's way of showing me I'm self-sabotaging. You know, and because of that, I started thinking about it. I said, dang, I am doing this. Oh, I do. Oh, I do this, right? Mm. And so it helped me to realize that, hey, I can actually do, you know, like the book, I can actually do it. And it made me stop, get out of my own way. And allow myself to do something that I always really wanted to do. About how long was that transitional process for you? So obviously up to a certain point, you'd been self-sabotaging. Then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, boom, got hit in the chest with the meme and whatever else. Was it a turn on the dime? Was it, okay, shoot, now I got to start dealing with this layer of trust issues that I have or these fears over here. Like yeah. how long and and I guess how much work did you put in? Because I feel like some people don't always understand the work of whatever type yeah. of therapy that you're going through. People don't really understand the work yeah. that's involved. Well, I would say that you uncover, you know, when you're doing self-reflection and self-discovery, right? Mm -hmm. It's no different than therapy, but you uncover things. So as you learn something new about yourself, it uncovers even more, mm -hmm. right? Like you uncover more of like patterns because you're really working on getting to the root of a pattern. So in that, you're going to uncover patterns, habits, mm -hmm. things like that. So, I mean, could have been a few days because okay. um, I'm like very uh, intense. So I think about it like all the time. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, I'm thinking like, oh, how do I do this? And so I started to apply it like, OK, I'm going to stop. And it's like starting to apply things like, OK, I don't want to sabotage myself. So let me do this. Or I want to, you know, not finishing. Right. There's a big another thing. Right. Like you start projects, you don't mm -hmm. finish. Self-sabotage. And so that was pretty big for me. So I'm like, okay, I got to finish stuff, right? Um, so I would say about a week or so. And, okay. you know, in that week, a lot of those things changed. And then it was more so starting to implement this as a practice to my life, which takes a little longer, right? Like there's no pressure there. You just apply it, you know, as the situation comes up and you learn and grow in it, really. Thank you for that. Sean, is there anything you can add to that or that you'd like to add to that? So everyone's self-reflection it varies. It takes time, but it sounds like Brandon experienced what we call radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. And he got to that point after he recognized that punch in the chest that he had been self-sabotaging. It was like, oh, this is what I have to do and immediately get to work. Mm -hmm. Everybody doesn't get there that way. Yeah. So, you know, be patient with yourself. Be gentle with yourself is what I tell my kiddos. You know, speak kindly to yourself. In the, in the meantime, until you get to that place where you are turning around and applying the tools, using the tools that you've learned to get to the finish, because it is about, you know, completing something. Mm. 
and we do put blocks up. And sometimes those blocks are there to protect us, but we have to figure out what we're being protected from. That's true. What we're protecting ourselves from. So once we figure that out, once we've removed that layer, you know, we get a little bit closer to, you know, the shining bright gem that's there. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Brandon, I would love if you would share a piece or two with us. We're not going to be before the I knew, people. I knew you were about to do this. This is exactly why I was looking for a poem. Oh, I, knew, exactly. I, I, knew <laughs> I knew it. I was like, you know, let me find my phone. You know what I'm saying? Because I know she's going to do this to me. Uh, <laughs> you already had to know. Uh, Absolutely. Maybe a couple pieces if you're good. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So, you know, I figured why not, you know, um, read the... Why not uh, do the one about self-sabotage, right? Because okay. after doing this, this is actually kind of part of what helped me too, right? Like just being transparent is like, oh, okay, I saw what I was doing. I saw what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I said, other people can benefit from this. So um, let me read that. Okay. Is this in your book also? or It is, yeah. Okay. It is. Yep, it's one of the ones from the book. So Fantastic. Um, uh, so, okay, so I'll start says self-sabotage is titled the enemy within um so i, I read mine because i don't memorize them because i write a lot so this is fyi you're good yeah, i can't i can't remember this, this this is not a poetry slam you don't have to spit off. i've never been in a poetry slam You're okay i don't even know i wouldn't know what to do that's fine you can just read your poetry. all right cool so here we go it says uh, <clears throat> it disguises itself in many ways like a camouflage i'm talking about self-sabotage it creeps up every now and again, every time you think you're starting to win. What does sabotage look like for you? And what are the things it won't permit you to do? Mm-hmm. You ever been feeling good about a relationship or life? No, a life or a relationship? Then all of a sudden it comes with scenarios that will end it. What about the times when you're in a groove? Then all of a sudden reasons come why this isn't the move. Or other times when you are thinking of venturing out to start something that you had in your heart, but it will give you reasons why you aren't qualified to start mm-hmm. behind procrastination and fear is really self-sabotage leading the way, causing you to not manifest the true greatness in you every day. Mm-hmm. So if you keep hearing reasons why you shouldn't do something great, realize that self-sabotage is doing its work. So you will hesitate. Ooh. So know that beneath the sabotage is low self-esteem telling you that you're not worthy of your dream, mm-hmm. but that's the furthest, the, but that's the furthest thing from the, what's true. God plays something amazing inside of you. Something so wonderful it can it can be defined it can't be defined by what you do. It's uniqueness is tailor made and crafted to you. So the next time reasons come for why you shouldn't do an ideal in your heart, remind yourself you are worthy and start. <laughs> yeah, so that's self sabotage. Beautiful. That was really really good. Yeah. Um. So when you when you were dealing with this when you when you had this moment of, gosh, I've been sabotaging myself and you mm-hmm. started writing, because right now I'm just curious about your writing process. If there yep. is, do you sit down and just, is it just word vomit and it just comes out? Or do you find yourself kind of, you know, working through a poem halfway, picking it back up a little bit later? That's just me and my curiosity. Yeah, well. no, that's cool. So sometimes it varies. Like this one, it was just a flow. Like a lot mm-hmm. of times if I started, it's just a flow unless it's like super late. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a night owl. So a lot of my inspiration comes late, mm-hmm. but the problem is sometimes you get sleepy. So 
like I have like these great ideas and I'm like, oh, I can't really think I'm gonna have to finish it. So mm-hmm. I think if there is usually if I start something, though, I, I like to try to finish it because I don't like to have things unfinished. So. Yep. Nice. Very cool. You got another one you can share with us? I would love two more, two more, actually. Two more? Yeah, that would be great. That was great. All right. So this one is called Loving Yourself. And these are all, all you can see these all on my website, too. Okay. On the words on form.com. They're, they're, they're up there as, as display ones. So Perfect. Um, <clears throat> this is called Loving Yourself. It says, as I stand here and look in the mirror, the beauty in me I can see clearer. I'm not focusing on all the things that I can see wrong. Instead, I'm marveling at God's love song. One that echoes beauty through my soul, where loving me is the goal. From the top of my, from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, masterly crafted every feet. A masterpiece that was shaped on God's canvas piece by piece. An endless work, one where the beauty will never cease. To be seen as his crowning achievement, a present, a present that was heaven sent. Yes, you are all these things so lovely that with one gaze, his heart sings, my creation, my beloved, my favorite thing, joy and satisfaction to me, you will always bring. Mm. That's that's loving yourself. Love that. Very that was that was good. It's pretty powerful, Brandon. When did you write that one? Oh man, let me tell you. So when you said, Do I ever take a long time to write stuff? Mm-hmm. That took me about two years to finish. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it took me about two. So I, I had the first stanza like done. But I, I, I can never finish it. I just like, I, it was so great. I honestly, I thought about not even finishing. I'm like, I should just leave this alone. Mm. But I ended up finishing it. Yeah. Before I wrote the book, before I was going, I was like, I need it. I want, I was just going to put that one line in and I said, nah, let me finish. And that's when I finished it. That's awesome. Do you feel like, or do you believe that, obviously I believe that timing is all, you know, within God's plan. Like we don't know how timing, you know, works. We just follow the construct of it, but he's eternal. And so with what you actually wrote, you said it took you two years. Do you believe it was at sort of that end point when you actually felt the culmination of, okay, I can finally love myself. I love myself enough right now. And then the rest of it came, or was it sort of you writing on your way there? I I would say the beginning of the poem was the start of the journey. Um, and I just never felt like that same, um, inspiration to, uh, finish, uh, sorry, <laughs> but, um, but I never felt that same inspiration to finish it. And then I kind of, I felt when I read the book, I said, you know, honestly, I said, I got to finish this. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't, I'm like, man, I was waiting for that same feeling and inspiration. I didn't have it when I was right finishing it. I just thought that this is, you know, um, but the, the, the mentality that I was in was, was really inspirational when I wrote that first thing. That's why I was like, man, I don't know if I can ever capture that moment again. Sure. Okay. Thank you. So, All right. You have one more for us? Before I do. I do. Yeah. Right. So I'm reading you the three that I actually give away to people, right? Perfect. So this one is choices. Um, okay. Here we go. Okay. The back and forth thoughts that race in my head, constantly worrying about what about what others have said. Do I fulfill the dreams in my heart or do I play small, fit into the world and play my part? No one has dreams that don't seem small. Often we place them to the side when reality gives us a call. But I ask you, why can't you have more? And who said the ceiling was your floor? Why can't you why can't you do great things? 
and have the satisfaction that greatness brings. Who said that you were in that? And who said those thoughts you have have to stay a concept? Mm-hmm. Let your gift rise to the top. And if people criticize you, don't stop. I want you to see that you are destined with a gift to change the earth. Satan has just been fighting, has just been fighting so you wouldn't realize your worth. Mm-hmm. He didn't want you to see how important that you are and how your gift can bless this world by far. Here's a mass of getting you to discount the things that are inside of you and cause you to think that there's nothing special about the things that you do. I'm here to tell you that's nothing that there's nothing more than a lie. Then he's that he's nothing more than a liar. And each time that you step out, your gift lifts you higher. Mm-hmm. Don't let him whisper to you all your failures and flaws. Refuse to give in to those powerless claws. There's liberty and freedom in being yourself. Let go of opinions of others. That's bad for your health. Mm-hmm. When you feel like you can't go on anymore, look into the storm and say, I have more in store. Mm-hmm. 